All right, good October morning. Man, I told Conley, I said uh, September wasn't but 12 hours long. It just breezed right through. Uh, Keith mentioned this about the uh, the fall gathering tomorrow night, and it is at Cross North, uh, <coughs> Cross North Baptist Church. And uh, we've done some scouting and stuff last week just to make sure that we could fit everybody. We, we do want to try to limit it. I hate to say it like that, but... We're going to try to limit it to the delegates, if at all possible, just to limit our numbers and make sure that everybody's still represented. The fact that we're not serving any food is probably going to cut out everybody anyway, so I think that's the only reason people went. But it'll be a, it's going to be quick. It's going to be extremely brief. We've got it narrowed down to all the people that are involved have five minutes or less to speak, so we should be in and out in a short amount of time. The biggest thing, well, the two biggest things we've got going on is we're actually going to have um, – uh, the, the preacher that we got over at uh, Aviemore at the, the Hope Church, the church plant, I just lost his name, um, he is going to speak, he's not going to be with us, but he's going to speak uh, via video, and then um, I officially step down tomorrow night from the missions team, so we're going to hopefully put Bob Garbett in my place, because I'm, I'm done with it all, so hopefully uh, that'll go smoothly, and um, we'll get in and get out and go home and uh, we're going to have a couple booths set up out there as well. Um, I'm going to take our new van from the office and set it up in a booth. And then a couple missionaries, I think, are going to have their stuff set up. I think the pregnancy center is supposed to set something up. Hopefully that works out. So did everybody bring their little bottle? Please do. If you, if you don't have it, bring it with you. Um, next Sunday, or we will seek Rita on you. I promise. She has a ball bat. I've heard it hurts. Um there's a couple of things I was going to mention. Last last weekend went went extremely well. Uh, Marie and myself and uh, six other couples were there, and it just we had a really good time, uh, good fellowship. Um, the lessons I thought went extremely well. Um, so we just we had a good good time of fellowship. And then last about this time last Sunday, um, and I always said that if it was just for one person or one couple, it would be worth it all. But we had one broke down at the very end they're they're going through a lot with uh, some foster care stuff and uh, she broke down on us at the very end um talking about how much they needed this so um, like i said it was it was worth it all all the all that we went through to get this thing lined up it was worth it all just for that couple so um, i appreciate the prayers and y'all bearing with us while we was gone last weekend but uh, it was it was extremely worth it um got a phone call yesterday from one of our church members then they've asked uh for special prayer and we're going to pray for them um after the when we get done with the services this, this morning but uh, just need some guidance they need some some clarity uh for some things in life and uh, and i promised them that we would we would do it as a church i don't have to mention names don't have to tell you anything just pray that's all we ask it's pray so we're going to pray for them uh here after a while and we will remember miss louise uh, she took a little f- uh, fall Wednesday, Wednesday night. Um, she's out gallivanting around with them over at uh, Los Arcos and took a little fall there in the parking lot and uh, fractured her knee and hit her nose or her face. So uh, she knows that she has a fractured kneecap and she goes tomorrow to the ENT to have Dr. Ford look at her nose. And, and then she already had the heart doctor appointment, right? So they just kind of all fell in together. So pray for Louise as she uh, recovers and... Uh, any, any others? Felt like there was more stuff going on. If I don't write it down, I can't remember it. I'm surprised I remembered any of that.
that. All right, if you've got your Bibles, turn over to uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. What is it we always think about in life? Why, why do bad things always happen to good people? Ain't that, ain't that the question that we, we hear? We hear that normally from non-believers, people that are killed tragically or something like that. We hear these people say, why do, why do bad things happen to good people? And it, gets, it actually gets under my skin. I hate to hear people talk about that because it's not just bad things happening to good people. Bad things happen to bad people too, and good things happen to bad people, and good things happen to good people. So there's always things are going to happen in life. And as I was reading this week and, and studying this, I, I ran across something that you guys will probably li- uh, will like this. It's talking about side effects of life and how if you think about it, when a baby is born, did anybody get a, ma- a manual when babies were born? Do you remember them giving you a manual? I don't know if they do things different in Tennessee or not. But <laughs> no, babies don't come with manuals. You know, if they did, you know, the very first page would be probably pretty short, and it would say, uh, congratulations on your newborn baby. Your life is going to be full of joy and excitement and love, and that would be about it. But the next, like, 10 or 20 pages would be the side effects of having a baby. And some of the things that they would mention, and I mean, this is just a couple things that they would mention, Illness, abuse, broken relationships, betrayal, sorrow, loss, injuries, disappointment, heartache, crime, and death. That's some things that come along with that, not with just the baby, but to watch them grow up. That's the side effects, the things that we have to deal with, and not just with us as, as parents, but us as parents, us as human beings, us as adults. We're going to go through all that stuff, and we, some of us are going to be blessed to be able to, to help our children go through these side effects. And there's going to be some side effects. I mentioned it last weekend with those couples. It's, uh, we're talking about broken hearts. And that's what I dread the worst as a parent is having to watch my girls go through broken hearts or broken relationships. And I pity the boy that has to put them through it. I'll be honest with you. Better be, <laughs> better be a mutual agreement. I'll just say that. But, you know, we, we deal with the brokenness in our families and in our lives and we feel like we're being punished. We feel like God punishes us for something. God's not punishing us. That's just called life. And it's supposed to make us stronger as we go through these side effects of life. And Peter's going to help us this morning. We're going to read from Peter. And he's going to give us some pointers on, on things that we can go through or how to get through these things in life. Now, I want you to, read, I want you to listen to this real quick. Uh, and it's very brief. It's out of John sixteen thirty three, And it's a warning that was given to us by Jesus. It says, in the world ye shall have tribulation. Boom, there it is. Summed it all up. In this world, here on earth, we're going to have tribulations. Every one of us, we are not exempt. Some may be a little bit worse than others, but we will go through tribulations in this life. And I wish... Man, if we could, I wish we could just you know, bypass all these trials and tribulations that we go through in life. But what if we did? What if we, what, if we got, what if we were saved and we were able to bypass these tribulations? Do you think we'd be strong in our faith? I don't think so. I think these trials, these tribulations that we go through, that's what causes our faith to continue to grow stronger because we learn we've got to rely on God. We see that we can't make it on our own. So these trials, and that's what they are, trials, they make us a whole lot stronger. Now, why are these side effects in life? 
this suffering, this evil, this pain that we go through. Why? That's always a question that we ask when we go through trials and tribulations. Why? Why me? There ain't a person in here can't sit here and tell me this morning that you haven't asked God why at least once in your life. Why? Why did I have to go through this? Why is my family going through this? What did they deserve to go through this? Why? And that's a big question that we ask. Well, if you ask that question, it goes actually back thousands of years. Thousands of years in the Old Testament, uh, Job asked it. And then the writer of Psalms, they ask it. Why do we go through this? But it's especially true during the 20th, 20th and 21st century, what we're living in right now. And the, the trials and tribulations that we're going through. I want to name you a few and just brace yourself. A few things that we're going through, as a, as a, not, not just America, but as a country, as a world, I'm sorry. Two world wars, the Holocaust. Famines in Africa, the killing fields over in Cambodia, the, the you know the uh, the the emergence here of, of AIDS, the genocide in Rwanda, Kosovo, the attacks of 9/11. Now look at what we got nowadays: the floods, the hurricanes, the earthquakes, the wildfires, the tornadoes, the coronavirus. We have these trials these, that we're going through, the tribulations that we're going through right now that absolutely wear us down. And every time we go through one, we ask why, why us. Maybe you, through this virus that we're going through right now, maybe you've asked, God, why? Why us? What have we done here in America to deserve this? What has this world had done to deserve this? Well, how many of us have turned and, and put more faith in God? How many of us have, have been laid off from work or lost their jobs or are now fighting and scraping to find the money to, to provide for their family? How many have finally turned to God and said, God, I need you now worse than ever. I, we need you now worse than ever. That's what these are. That's what these trials are for, these tribulations. We are to grow our faith in him, seeing that he's going to get us through all these pandemics and everything else that's going on in the world. So we're going to, this morning we're going to look at, at how Peter says that we can get through these trials and tribulations. If you've got your Bible open uh, to 1 Peter chapter 1, if you'll stand with me just a moment, we'll be at verse 6. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. Bible says, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, Ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Let's pray. Father, this morning as uh, we start this, uh, this Sunday morning, Lord, uh, your day, off in your word with your people in your house, God, I pray that you just bless our time together. Father, we thank you for this beautiful fall week that you've given us. Lord, it is such a blessing to live here in, in the high countries of North Carolina, Lord, where we can see uh, your paintbrush. Lord, we can see your handiwork. We, Lord, we just see uh, your beauty everywhere we turn right now. God, we thank you for that, these colors. Lord, it's, it's so beautiful. Lord, we, uh, we are blessed, and I pray, Lord, you continue to remind us over the next few weeks as these colors change just how, how blessed we are, not just to live here uh, in Avery or Watauga County, but, Lord, to live here in America. Lord, the uh, land of the free, the home of the brave, Father, where we can worship freely, Lord, where we can come to you at any time and any place, Lord, and we can talk to you openly about anything and everything. Father, we thank you 
again for this this week that you've given us. Lord, I pray today as we uh, go into your word, Lord, and we look at these trials, Lord, we look at tribulations. Lord, I pray that each one of us know we're not exempt from anything that's going to be thrown at us. Lord, whatever uh, wiles of the devil may come towards us, Lord, we're not exempt from it. But Father, I hope we understand in our heart that you're going to be there with us and that you're going to get us through those trials, you'll get us through the tribulations, Lord. And I pray as we come out of those that we give you praise, we give you honor, and we're going to give you glory for getting us through it. We love you, we praise you. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. I love that little bit of scripture right there. And I like that where he says, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Number one, we need to know that life is full of trials and tribulations. Newsflash. If you didn't know that, there you go. Life is full of them. Not just one or two, but tons of them. And they start at a young age. And as you grow older, you're going to find more and more of these trials. You're going to find more of these tribulations that you'll go through. If you look back over at verse 6 again, it says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Any thinking person can look around and see that life is bombarded with trials and tribulations. We just thought 2020 started out cold. We just thought January and February was going to be, you know, just a cold winter, and we seen what was going on overseas. We just thought it was going to be a little bit. And here we are, eight months into it, nine months, whatever you want to talk, or however you want to do the timeline, and it's just, it's, it's not even better. We're still seeing the deaths. We're still seeing sickness, you know, and, and it's getting ready to get, we're going to peak again here soon. And it's, it's not going to get any better until we get that vaccine or whatever. But we look around and we see that life is just going to, and it's going to hammer us. And I've talked about uh, VJ and Judy and their family. You know, they've been, they've been hammered hard here th- this year. 2020 has been a year for them that they'll never forget. And it has nothing to do with COVID. It has to do with a lot of other medical problems in their family. So it's been rough. You know, we see trials in our lives like sickness, disease, suffering, sorrows, death, disappointment, loneliness. We see that in all of our lives. But we also see uh, temptations out there, greed, immorality, anger, drugs, alcohol, backbiting, gossip. There's all these temptations that float around out there. We're not exempt from those either. So everywhere we turn, we see trials and temptations. Everywhere we look, we cannot get away from it. And these lists, I, I promise you, they'll go on forever and ever. For every act, and listen to this, there can be the sin of too much or too little if you look at it. There can be the sin of too much or too little. We can want too much. And that's, that is a sin. That's greed. We want more. We want more. We want more. And we've got to be careful with that. So life is full of these trials and temptations, especially for the Christian. We should stand against it. We need to stand against the selfish, immoral, greedy Things that are in this world, we've got to stand against it and fight the devil because that's all from the devil. We've got to stand firm on the Word of God and fight these trials. We've got to fight all these temptations, and we've got to fight it with our sword in hand. We have to fight it tooth and nail because he's going to fight us tooth and nail. The devil has quivers or has his quiver full of arrows right now, and he is ready to absolutely tear us apart. So we've got to make sure that full armor is on us from, from our head to our toes that we don't have anything missing that we're girded tight and our sandals are tight and we got that breastplate on we got our shield up and our sword high the helmet cinched down and we're ready to fight 
We have to be ready because he will come at us with everything he's got because we ain't exempt. We ain't exempt. The Christian has to fight a lot harder than the non-believer because the devil is pretty upset right now with us because he's not, or we're not his anymore. We, we belong to God now, and that don't make him happy. That makes him extremely angry. And so he's going to come at us a lot harder. Now, I want you to see two things in this verse uh, about these trials and these temptations that we go through. Number one, I got all kinds of points this morning. They're only for a season. Praise God, these trials and these temptations are only for a season. They're not going to last all that long. But I want you to listen to this. For a little while, a short time, the idea is that our salvation is at hand. We will all soon be delivered from the suffering here on earth. Now, when I say we're going to be delivered from that suffering here on earth, I don't mean that it's just going to go away. What I'm saying is when we're delivered from that suffering, that's when we go to heaven. That's when we'll officially be delivered from the sin and the suffering and the pain and the agony and the trials and the temptations that are going on right now. We'll be delivered soon. I don't know when. But soon, we're going to be delivered from it. And that's us in heaven. That's the only way that we're going to be uh, exempt is when we get to heaven. Because when we get there, we don't have to worry about sin. And we know that that's where the trials and tribulations come from. The trials and temptations are all coming from the sin. It's coming from the devil. Well, we don't have to worry about that when we get to heaven. So the only way that we're ever going to be exempt from trials and temptations is whenever we're delivered in to the hands of God when we finally cross Jordan and get on into heaven and since you know that's the case there's there's nothing that we can't endure just always remember that it's for a season we can endure this we can go through this we can press on and we can press towards the mark we can get through whatever God's got uh, laid on our heart whatever the devil is putting us through we can endure and you know why I know I can endure this because I watched what Jesus did on that cross I've seen how he went through so much pain and suffering. I've read through the Word of God how he hung and how he was in so much pain and agony, starting in the garden and then the, the placing the crown on his head and driving the spikes in his hands and his feet and watching his, uh, his side get pierced. And he's thirst. He thirst. If my Jesus can endure that much on the cross, I can endure a little bit here on earth. If my Jesus can go through pain and suffering at the hands of man like he did, I can go through a little bit of suffering here on earth. I can go through just a little bit of trial. I can go through just a little bit of temptation here on earth because I know my Jesus suffered a lot more than I could ever imagine. I can press on. I can press on. I can go through this. Number two, trials and temptations cause heaviness within us. Now the words, if you look at it again in, uh, in, in verse 6, it says, you, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Now, the words right there, in heaviness, means to be grieving, to suffer sorrow, stress, pressure, mental anguish. We all know how it feels to be weighed down heavy with grief. If you've lost a loved one, that grief, it don't completely go away. I don't ever want my grief to completely go away. Because if I'm grieving, I'm still thinking about the person. If I'm not thinking about the person, then I forgot about that person. I don't want to forget about that. I tell you what, I mean, that was just talking about bear hunting. Actually, we talk about bear hunting about every Sunday, don't we? There ain't a Sunday one, we, we miss that. You know, it's been 
three years since my grandpa died. I'm still grieving. I can sit in my office at home, my study, right on my desk, picture me and Papa bear hunting. I got his hat over on the wall, hanging up. It's little reminders. So that I can continue to grieve. I want, I, want, I want that one little reminder. I want these little reminders so that I don't ever forget how precious he was. So I want that. But we have this weight of grief that is on us. And we grieve constantly. And then we stress and we, and we have these, these pressures that are on us that come with it. And this, like I said a while ago, talking about the, the mental anguish, the wondering, the question, the suffering under the weight and trials of temptations. We need to understand that these temptations are not sins. I preached on this not long ago. Temptation is not sin. You know how I know that? Two reasons I know that. Number one, Jesus was tempted. Number two, Jesus never sinned. Temptation is not the sin. It's when you give in to that temptation. It's when it becomes the sin. And you need to understand with temptation comes a way out. There is an exit door with temptation that we have to take. If we'll take the exit door, it don't turn into sin. So when you're tempted by whatever the devil throws at you, when you're tempted by this sin that's in front of you, if you would turn and walk away and take the exit door, you won't sin. Jesus took the exit. Jesus didn't sin. Devil was with him right there in the wilderness. Tempted him. Jesus never sinned. He went out the back door. He didn't hide from him. He told him what he thought. He quoted scripture and walked away. That's what we do. That's how we avoid the temptation of falling into temptation. That's how we avoid falling into sin. Take the way out. Go to the Word of God. Quote Scripture. Tell the devil to get behind you and you walk away from it. Don't let your temptations turn into sin. And a lot of times we feel the heaviness of these trials and temptations because whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, you're under attack from Satan and his desires to destroy your life. I hope you understand that. I can't think of many Sundays where I ain't told you that. The stronger your relationship is with Jesus, the stronger that, that your bond is and your walk is with God, the more the devil's going to get on your back. I think we understand that now. But if you don't, I'll tell you again. We're under fire by the devil and his demons. We as Christians, the church, is under fire. Because the more we do for him... The more we do for God, the more the devil's going to try to tear us down. He just thought we was going to shut the doors on the church. We found a way around that, didn't we? We, we found out that technology could be a little helpful in the church. So we just keep having church. And so he comes up with those murder bees or whatever was next after COVID, <laughs> trying to figure out ways to keep us... From, from worshiping we can find out we can get out we can get away from it we can find out ways to to dodge those errors that he's going to throw at us number two we need to know that the purpose for trials and, and uh, temptations we need to know the purpose for trials and temptations there is a purpose for them i want you to look at verse seven one more time that the trial of your faith 
being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. When a person is saved, why does God not just go ahead and give that person a trouble-free life? There's some misconception, and that comes with that prosperity preaching that's going on right now, that you get saved, things will be fine. Things are going to be peachy keen. And for a lot of people that have never been to church and they don't really know who God is and have never really studied or understand Jesus, that's the way they think about salvation is, oh, I'm saved, I'm exempt from everything. But that's not how it works. And a lot of times it just, like I said a while ago, it gets harder on each one of us. If God loves us, and this is what a lot of people say, if God loves us and cares for us, then why would he allow terrible things to happen to us? That's, that's what, have y'all not heard that? If he really loves us, why does he let terrible things happen to us? It's because he loves us. He's, he's, he is protecting us. He is watching over us. The Bible teaches us that there, there's two reasons why the believer is tried and tempted. Number one, as a believer, our faith has to be tried. Now, if you look at that, it says tried, tried by fire, or tried with fire is what, what the Bible says. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That tried by fire right here means to prove, to test, to strengthen, to show your faith genuine. Faith is just like gold. Gold has to be put through fire. Gold has to be tested by fire. Gold has to be taken and put in a pot and has to be melted and burned and purified. It's got to get all those impurities out of it. Our faith does too. Our faith gets tried. It gets tried under fire and it gets those impurities out. It gets away that old man. As you're, as you're being tried, the, the, the old flesh continues to get burned away. The old sins in your life continues to get burned away. Your old habits are getting burned away. Your old friends are getting burned away. The old stuff in your life is getting purified and taken out. So when you come out of that trial, you're more pure than you was. Now, we're still going to have some defects because of the flesh. We're going to have a few little defects in us because we're human. That's okay. He's going to continue to try us and get us as pure as he can for this side of heaven. But when we get to heaven, we're going to be pure. Now, what's one thing about gold that we need to understand? It's hard to compare us to gold for this reason right here. Because gold can vanish away. Gold can go away. But we can't. Our soul can't. That's the part about being a Christian that we need to remember. That where we can't completely compare ourselves to gold. Gold can fadeth away. We can't. We can't. As Christians, when we're done here on earth, and we go on to heaven, think about how much pure we are. Think about how perfect we are. Think about, there's no impurities whatsoever in this, this person when we get to heaven, because it's all down here now. There's no sin in heaven. So all these deformities that we might have and, and, and impurities that we might have and all, all the baldness and, and the, the, heart or the heart conditions and diabetes and all the bad things that we got down here, they get left down here. They all get weeded out and the purest of the pure make it to heaven. Purest, pure, absolutely pure 
in heaven. I like that. I like the thoughts of that. It's hard to compare us to gold. Gold perishes, but believers don't. So if, if gold has to be put through the fire to make it clean and pure, how much more do we? Now, don't miss the point on this, okay? Listen, listen close on this right here. God uses the fires of trials and temptations for a good purpose. When we go through them, it should push us closer in our walk with Him. As we go through them, it's going to push us a little bit further. Just a little bit further. Remember, remember Jesus in the garden praying? The Bible says He went a little further. He went a little farther. That's what it's doing with us. As we go through these trials, as we go through these temptations, it pushes us just a little bit further. It gets a, a step closer to God. We'll go through another trial, it's going to get us another step closer to God. We'll go through another temptation, it's going to get us another step closer to God. Our walk is going to get better and better and better because of these trials. But here's what we need to understand about these trials. Number two is it's going to get us to the point where we finally get to praise Him and honor Him for getting us through those trials. That's what we got to do when we go through it. We can't come out the other side and say, good, law, I can't do this again. We come out the other side and say, praise God, he got me through it. We come out the other side and say, if it wasn't for God, I couldn't have done it. We come through the other side and we say, I would have really messed that up bad if I had tried to get myself out of it. But that's another reason we go through these trials and temptations is so that we can come out the other side and give God all the glory. Talk about a testimony. When you go through this and people look at you, the world looks at you, and how in the world could someone go through all that and you smile and say, God? You just grin from ear to ear and say, Jesus got me through it. That's what he wants, to recognize the one that got us through it. But we tend to forget that. A lot of times we go through this on our own, or we feel like we do it on our own, and when we come out, we're like, it was just me. I done it on my own. You can't praise God. You can't glorify God's name by saying, I did it on my own. That's being selfish. When you go through it, and you know God was in it, you give it all to Him. You give Him all the praise for it. That's what He wants from us. As believers, our faith is tried with fire to show and bring that praise, that glory, and that honor to God. Bring that, bring it to Him. Number three, about to lose my place here, getting ahead of myself. Number three, we need to know how to stand during trials and temptations. How to stand. Not bow down, not crawl, not lay on our backs, but how to stand. Look at verse 8 and 9 again. It says, Whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. The trials and temptations of life are not to defeat or discourage us. Don't let it discourage you. I know it gets you down. And, and we get a little depressed sometimes, especially when you're cooped up at home, you can't go to Walmart, which to me is a blessing. When you can't go out and see people, it, it gets depressing sometimes. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. Don't let these trials that you're going through uh, get you down and wear you out. Don't let these, these trials or these temptations make you a hermit. 
make you want to stay at home. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're to stand through them. Stand up tall through them. Upright. On the Word of God. Stand on the Word of God through these. And let it be known where you stand. And that's something that um, we're struggling with right now as, as, as Christians, as, as the church. We're not taking a firm stand. We're not standing upright on the Word of God anymore. And these trials that we're going through as the church or as Christians, we're just kind of we just kind of cowering away, and we're going back in the corner with our Bibles, and we're shivering. And we're almost to the point where some of these these churches are going. It looks like they're going underground. That's not what he wants us to do. He says, "Stand tall, stand firm, stand upright, but stand. Whatever you do, just stand." But how can we stand through them when they're, when they're so destructive, so powerful, so damaging, so threatening? How can we stand when we are so low feeling? This verse, these verses, last two verses here, gives us four ways we can do it. Four ways. Number one, we can stand through trials and temptations through our love for Jesus. Our love. The verse here says, Whom having not seen, ye love. Having not seen you love. Jesus does not have to be standing over our shoulder for us to stand against trials and temptations. We don't have to have somebody looking over our shoulder while we're going through these problems in our lives. Because it tells us plainly right there. Whom having not seen you love. You love him. He's in your heart. So you've got to trust that he's going to be there with you as you go through these trials and temptations. He's going to be there with you. He's not going to abandon you. It's our love for him that stirs us to stand up against the wiles of the devil. No matter how bad it gets, we stand first in our love for him. Secondly, we can stand through trials and temptations by our beliefs in Jesus. Now look at the verse says, In whom though now ye, uh, now ye see him not, yet believing, Yet believing, the word believe right here is a, it's a belief that continues on and on in believing and trusting in Jesus. If we're to continue to believe in Jesus, then we will do what he says. And when he says, stand tall, stand firm, stand upright, then we're going to do that. I believe him. I believe anything that's in the word of God, I believe it. And I trust it. And I've got faith in it. I've got faith in him. So whatever he tells us to do, I want to do it. Whenever he tells us that, that we're not exempt from anything in the world, I'm going to believe that. And I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, i seen that coming. I knew that something was coming. And anybody here that hasn't been through a trial or a temptation in a little bit, get ready because it's coming. You're, you're not exempt from it. And, and it's, going to, it's going to hit you. It's coming. But we've got to be ready for it. And we've got to stand believing in who Jesus is, who he said he is, what the word of God says he is, who he says he is. We've got to believe that. And we've got to trust in that. And we've got to allow that to carry us on and, and, and help us stand up for what we believe in. Thirdly, we can stand through trials and temptations by rejoicing and, being, and by, over, by an overwhelming joy that fills our hearts. You know that feeling you get when you've come through a trial? You know how you just want to rejoice? You just want to tell somebody that joy that comes from it. You want to rejoice. You want the world to know that God got you through this. I had this terrible situation. I couldn't do it on my own. But Jesus did. 
I just gave it to Jesus. Just to be able to tell people, hey, I couldn't do this. I'm just going to give it to him. And look at what he done with it. He didn't mess it up. The things I thought about doing with it, I'd have messed it up. But I gave it to God. And he turned it in from a stumbling block to a stepping stone. That's what happens when you give your problems to Jesus. He will turn that stumbling block into that stepping stone and get you closer to him. Joy and rejoicing will help us focus on Christ and his power. And fourthly, we can stand through trials and temptations by keeping our eyes focused on the salvation of our souls. So this is the end right here, the goal we're moving toward in our Christian lives. That's the, that's the end goal for us is to keep focused on that salvation, keep focused on the end result, keep focused on heaven, keep focused on Jesus, keep focused on his power, keep focused on his love, keep focused on his mercy, keep focused on that grace. That's what he wants us to do. Just keep focused on him and don't take your eyes off of him. Don't take your eyes off of him and look at what the world's got going on over to your left and to your right. Don't, don't do that. He says just stay focused on him. Like any work or task that we go through, we have to keep our eyes on the goal. We've got goals. Anybody here got goals at work? Keith, what's your end goal? Finish the house. <laughs> Hand them the key and get out of Dodge. We all have goals in our jobs. In the Christian life, we have goals in this, in this life. The more we focus on the end goal, the stronger we become and st to stand against the obstacles that the devil's going to throw at us. The goal is heaven. That goal is something that we can't comprehend or imagine, the beauty and, 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 and the majesty that's up there. We can't comprehend it, but that's the goal. So as long as we keep focused on that goal, these trials and temptations that we're going through are nothing. We can endure them. We can go through it all. But we've got to stay focused on the goal. Keep our eyes on the prize, as Paul says. The more we focus on the salvation of our souls, the stronger we become to conquer the trials of this life. Just remember what he went through. If we can remember what he went through on the cross for us, like I said, if he can endure that for us, I can endure these little old trials on this side of heaven. I can go through this. We can go through this because of what he did for us. We need to know the truth about this life. We're going to face trials and temptations. The question is, will you face them on your own? Or are you going to face them with God? That's totally up to you. Stand with me. We're going to close out.